Hey guys, it's Christy Mandor, your host here of the Closet Series. And I am sitting here looking at this quote that completely encapsulates our next, I think it would be encapsulates, embodies, invites our next guest onto the show. And it's one of my favorite quotes by Amy Poehler. And it is this, find a group of people who challenge and inspire you, spend a lot of time with them, and it will change your life. So our next guest is Casey Seitz Brown. She comes to us all the way from Austin, Texas. Casey is the Associate Professor of Dance at Texas State University, as well as one of my best friends for 20 years. And we spend the vast majority of our conversation highlighting the art of collaboration. And we bring it all the way back to when we first met because we met doing what else that creatives do in New York City, but of course, waiting tables and bartending. And we actually were able to work together for a while at this really awesome restaurant. So if you were in New York City during the early 2000s, we were working at a place called Acme in the East Village that was right near the public theater on Great Jones between Broadway and Lafayette. It's no longer there. It's now a Hotsi Totsi piano bar. Beautiful, by the way, from pictures I've seen. But the point is that we were able to create such magic at Acme because of collaboration. And it wasn't just Casey and myself. It, it was her now husband, her boyfriend at the time, good friends who we still are just as close to now, if not more so than we were then. And we really brought home the idea that collaboration starts in the restaurant business. <laughs> it's not that it starts there. It's just that everybody, it should be a rite of passage for life for everybody to work in the restaurant business at some point, because it really does just give you that sense of what it means to collaborate with people who are very diverse, very different, and how you can make it work and totally create magic. So we start in the restaurant business. We, we show how, no matter if you're on the restaurant floor, the stage floor, the classroom, the boardroom, it really doesn't matter. We just explore how collaboration is so essential for creating any change we want to see in the world. And we build off of each other, sharing doable and transferable creative exercises that you can use with your team, no matter the size, no matter the industry, nonprofit, public, private, whatever, it doesn't matter. These are activities that you could run with. And we're bringing them all home with Casey, of course, shining a light on the dancer that is within all of us. So there are a lot of movement activities as well. And Casey shares how they can be transferred into the workforce. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy our conversation. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. The restaurant world is struggling right now, big time. And you've, like you and I, we've been in the restaurant world for, it's like our longest job, pretty much. Yeah. You know? yeah, totally. And that's, I mean, that's where I met you, you know, that's where I met my husband. That's where I met my best friends and you're one of my best friends. And, you know, it's like, that's where so many, um, so much of my life was formed was in the restaurants. Going to get all emotional thinking about it. It's so sad. Mm -hmm. And I feel really bad for everyone who's still in it, you know, um, who, who's still waiting tables and, and, you know, trying to make it happen. And God, what are they going to do now? There's a, a great um, little uh, gastro pub right down the street from us. And a friend of ours from Shady Grove bartends there. Um, and so we've been um, Venmoing her some money just to, just, you know, just a couple of times. Um, and then we have a good friend who was a bartender forever at Shady Grove. Um, Ashlyn's his buddy and, and we've, we've been mowed him some money, you know, and they're, but you know, they're like, stop it. But we, you know, we, we can, we're in a position where we can. 
and we might not always be in that position. So we're doing it while we can. And there's a, there's a place called Torchy's Tacos and this guy stemmed off of, he worked in, with the Shady Grove Chewy's family and then he had to go lay off so many people and Sean says he's such a good guy. Like he's like a restaurant dude, you know, and he, it's just really upset him and he was upset about Shady Grove. So yeah, there's um, friends of ours who are still in, in the business and they're struggling. It, it is heartbreaking. Like when I hear yeah. about the restaurants and bartenders and everything, everyone, but there is that special place in regards to that especially yeah. when you hear places like Shady Grove going out of business and all over the country, somebody has a Shady Grove that went out yes. of business. Yeah. It's like your yeah. times a million. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so just, you know, to, to just share like where you and I were when it comes to our mindset on restaurant business. Do you remember talking to me about telling me like you think everybody should should be working in a restaurant. And when, <laughs> yeah. do, you remember, do you remember that lady that came in at Acme and like came in like on a vengeance and it was super busy and you turned, do you remember that story? Can you share that story? <laughs> <laughs> I have the worst memory, but I do remember that. Um, yeah. Cause I had just seen, I think I had just seen like an Oprah episode where Oprah worked in the, a drive-thru and she had a whole new respect for people who worked in the drive-thru. <laughs> and so I was behind the bar and this woman was like so rude and so impatient and and I just heard myself going, I'm sorry, have you ever worked in a restaurant before? <laughs> and she was like, no. And I was like, oh, well, that makes sense. Okay. Oh, my God, Casey, you're so funny. So unless I'm trying to make you sound more badass in my mind than you are, like that, I'm taking your word that that's what happened. My version of that story is, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me hear it. Cause like I said, I have a horrible memory too. No, but you may be on, I may just like be trying to make it like, so, so much like three quarters. Yes. And then you're, you're, you know, trying to answer the phone and whatever's happening and you're trying to grab food and pack it up. And she comes in and is like, hello, hello, like priority, priority. Yes. And turned around, stopped, and you said, and you were like walking in my, so maybe this is just in my mind, but like in my mind, you're like going down Acme's long hallway, like to the kitchen, and you turn around. <laughs> and you say, have you ever worked in a restaurant? And she's like, gets all like tongue twisted. No. And you're like, well, maybe you should. And you turn around and walk yeah, no, that could be very I true. Think that's what happened. I, that could, I yeah. I think I think you're right. You were super proud of yourself. Like I remember, you were so. It was like right after. Remember we had we like oh we waited tables at Acme during. So Acme was a Cajun restaurant. If if you were in New York, it, it was a fantastic, um, kind of like a dive restaurant, but like super fun restaurant, kind of like cowgirls a little bit. Um, well, and it, it reminded me of Shady Grove too. Yeah, it's one of the it had that like really down home feel. And so, so it was on Great Jones between Broadway and Lafayette. And when, you know, it was Cajun. So we would do um, Mardi Gras. And you remember when we did Mardi Gras? <laughs> yes, that I will never forget. <laughs> Oh my God. That was a nightmare. An absolute nightmare. <laughs> a nightmare. Oh my God. We expected to like, oh, we'll have a hurricane while we're running. <laughs> and it was a shit show. Oh my God. I just, and my back hurt so bad that night. I remember it. it and I just remember like having a tray full of drinks and everyone's like, Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> the only place that I ever pulled tips was Acme. It was the only place. Now, I had worked at restaurants before. I don't know what it was. I was not suspect of it. I wasn't sketched. I wasn't like, what is this pulling tips? And we had one of the most like kindred dynamics between all of any restaurant I've ever worked at. 
I feel like coin tips was why. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, and it's, uh, what was, it, what was interesting to me is how it, it wasn't about you're not pulling your weight. It was like, I am pulling my weight. Yeah. You know, like it was a competition actually like to who's, who's doing the best, who's, who's being able to contribute the best. Yeah. Yeah. Instead, you know, and it's nice because there could have been lazy folks who are like, cool, you got it. You got it. Or, or on the flip people that were like, screw that. I made a shit ton of money on that table. Yeah. We were right by a theater. We had tons of celebrities and actors who would come in and they would tip really well. And we could have been like annoyed and no one, I don't remember anyone ever. I mean, as a group, like a cohesive unit, there'd be nights where we'd be like, ah, table eight or ah, table 12 or, oh, you're so lucky you got table 12. I love them or who, whatever. But there was never any animosity. There was never any, um, you know, like Jason would break our chops, like, come on, hurry up. But like, it was so playful and fun. It created such like a family dynamic. And it was, it was like a true collaborative process. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. And it was very bonding. Yeah, I just feel like there's like something to be said about just being able to like have that space where you're working together with people to make money to have fun, to do a service, and then you end up going home with like, I mean, we we consistently made good money there, especially for yeah. the time. And so we're talking about restaurants and we're talking about the collaborative process there. And it immediately makes me think of you in the dance world and how it's such a collaborative process. Can you just speak to that of what they yeah. mean, the importance of it? Yeah, for sure. Um a lot of times it's in the creation process. Well, yeah, it's in the creation process, uh, choreographer, dancer. Um, but that's one of the things I talk with my students about is, you know, because a lot of times you know, being a dance major is hard justifying it to family, friends, anyone, you know, oh, you're a dance major, that must be easy, A. So I talked to them about all of the, what, what soft skills that they get, and one of them being collaboration. Um, and I actually was invited to do a keynote address, and, and I talked about everything that goes into being a, a a dancer and a choreographer and one of it one of the things I talked about was collaboration and some things that made me think like in life how we collaborate uh, one thing in particular is uh, driving <laughs> driving like here in Austin the traffic is so bad and Sean talks to me like I'll drive and I'm always letting people in or merging you know and and like oh yeah you know making sure I have my blinker on and things like that and Sean's like oh you're such a nice driver I need to learn from you but I think it it you know you're collaborating with everyone so as dancers um it's wonderful you know like well I have this idea and we've got to use the space this way and how is this going to work and you have to really respect everyone's opinions and ideas and build off of them and just work with them and and you know running i run a dance company at texas state and my students this year were all leaders and so it was very hard because they all wanted to run the show and I had to, and they would get so frustrated with each other. And I had to, you know, okay, we have to figure out who's going to speak when, and everyone needs to go through me. I, I completely respect that it's important to you to go over this and it's important to you to talk about the counts here and you need to try this out. But we can't, we've got to focus on one thing at a time and that's what collaboration is and, and how do you communicate and goes into communicating as well. 
um, learning how to listen as much as speak and uh, just um, respect each other's ideas. Respect and communication, I think, is it are two big things that come out of it. I, I don't know how it can't, right? It, yeah. It's almost like just natural. It would be abnormal. It would be like you were stopping. You would have to consciously stop it for that, that not to happen, but you also have to be conscious that it is a natural part of it. And you're so fantastic. You specifically at respecting the whole, mm -hmm. like you're so aware and cognizant of all people who are involved. You're very diplomatic. Yeah. And but I was thinking for dancing and I'm thinking even for classes, like, Oh, that could be kind of cool. But dancers I think would feel more comfortable with it is to have them all do a tableau of their idea. Uh -huh. So they don't have to verbalize it. Uh huh. Yeah. Then, yeah. You know, and then do the tap out. Like, I'm sure you do. You have so many. So that was like my first thought. So for people who aren't familiar, Tableau is like a frozen image. So you just put your body into a frozen image. And for the instructor to give some sort of a prompt, mm -hmm. trying to brainstorm, and then everybody just think about it. And they do a Tableau for what they're feeling is the contribution. Uh -huh. And then they can, and then, and then the other cool thing is you can take that into a whole class where then the group comes around and shares what they're observing. Mm -hmm. And then it might make the person who had the tableau go, oh my God, I didn't even think about that. That's not what I meant, but that it just could create this really cool dynamic of brainstorming. Yes. I love it. Um, yeah. So like in a situation like that, uh, I'm sure you do this in theater too. We have something called a name game and you go right, you stand in a circle and you go around and usually, um, I'll tell, and I, I mean, I work with teachers too and you know, they're like, I don't do it. I don't, you know, and I'm like, don't worry. I didn't bring my tutu today. Um, so we just go around the circle and I tell them, think of your name. Everybody has a name, you know your name, and then think of a body part, so maybe shoulders, and so like I would be Casey, or maybe elbow, Casey, you know, so I get them, and I tell them, everyone turn around, kind of come up with a way that you move it, and then we'll go around with the kids, sometimes you get to the, and they're still like, and they'll be like, Oh, and I'll go, great. That's a great movement right there, you know? And, and then sometimes they'll be like, no, 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 no. And, and they'll get them wanting to do something else. So yeah, doing something like that. I also, um, have like sheets that I have them fill out and like, so pick three action words. Uh, one person picks one, one person picks one and one person picks one. And then now body parts that you'll move. And so, so it's not just one person who's like, okay, I think that we need to march and wiggle and skitter, you know? It seems like you've had no experience with students who are like that. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. And I love it. You know, I love the kids who are like, oh, I'm all about it, you know, but I, you know, I, tell them that's wonderful. That's great. But let, let's let, you know, so-and-so talk. They didn't, they haven't gotten to say anything yet. What do you want to do? And like you said, maybe they won't actually say it, but maybe they'll do it. And, and I'll say, well, that looks like a wiggle. How about that? You know? And, oh yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, kind of, and sometimes if kids are really nervous or, or shy or scared, I'll have them help me. Why don't you sit out and let's watch for today. We're focusing on levels. Tell me when you see somebody go into a low level, you know, and that kind of gets them into it. I actually had some parents of a very shy little boy one time. You know, I talked to them and I said, I just, I don't know. You know, he sits out all the time. We talk about it. I try to involve him in other ways, but I just want you to know he's not actually participating the way you might want him to be. And they said, Oh no, he comes home and he's like, okay, mommy and daddy, you're going to crawl on the, and he starts teaching them. <laughs> and they're like, oh, okay, now, now what's that? <laughs> you know? So it's also interesting. Sometimes you don't see it happen right there in front of you. It's happening later, which is beautiful too. To think it about. totally is, and it's and it's so 
uh, it's just so encouraging as the leader to be able to check in to just make sure because you want to make sure your message is resonating no matter what the or the lesson or the support for the student no matter the age so when you have parents that are just receptive to that that's awesome and you would never have known that otherwise yeah and so it's making me think too like for people who are watching this oh a lot of them are parts of teams and organizations so mm -hmm. do you have any ideas off the cuff of how you could transfer that to the war I mean the games you definitely the games are transcend age you know you name game transcends age that's where trust is born you know like the sillier you can get in front of each other guard is down mm -hmm. so playing those games may seem so juvenile but they actually have a much more visceral deeper purpose mm -hmm. so it's not about selling on the games but just in regards to how would you what's something universal about movement and the power of movement to like help people feel more within their body so that they have maybe like a boost of confidence to be able to engage with the group if there is at all that you would recommend people do or people read up on like is there any area there well yeah so what i try to rem remind anyone and everyone is uh this is a quote I'm kind of stealing from Ken Robinson. Sir Ken Robinson is a very famous TED Talk. <laughs> um, and he says, uh, we all have bodies and we move them. That's completely a paraphrase, but that's the thing. We, we all are movers and we all are dancers. Um, where it's not... Um, always about doing a triple pirouette, you know, spinning around three times. It is uh, just walking, jumping, sliding. You know, these are, these are things like as you go through the house, you might be dancing with your furniture as you're like dodging things, you know? So that's, I try to remind and show people, um, you're, you're a dancer and you just don't know it. Um, I have, I actually have a dance titled anyone can dance and it was inspired by Sesame street. And, um, the, uh, the skit was these fairies, fairy flight Academy or something. They had a recital coming up and the, the one, fairy thought, no, I can't dance. I can't dance. And the teacher fairy was like, yeah, yeah, you can here. Here's some magical shoes. Um, and he could never, the fairy could never get them. But then afterwards she was like, well, what did you do when the shoes went over here? And he was like, well, I slipped and slide, slip and slide on the banana. And she said, what did you do when the shoes went down here? He went, I shake, 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 shake. So you slip, slide, shake, shake, shake. And then what did you do here? I jump, jump, jump. So I turned that into a magical hat. And I have one of my dancers, um, and I usually try to put a boy in that role too, because you know, what, boys dance? Yeah. So the dancers tell him, hey, this magical hat will help you. And um, every time he goes after it, he does a movement, and then they like take the movements and put it into a dance. And see, see, say, see, you can dance. And then I talk about it with the audience, with the children. Um, so I think I usually use the name game as a warm up um, to show people what I mean. You can be creative and you can do simple little warm up, and we go around. And then what we do is everybody learns the movements and we put it all together. And so it can be like KC, Christy. Amanda, you know, and then it's just like, now let's do it without saying the names. Da, da, ha, 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 ha. And I'll put on some music and I'm like, see, you just did a dance. So then I could take it into that. Sometimes like one thing I like to do is have um, a shadowing exercise where one student's the leader and one student's the follower. And then I'll talk them through, okay, make curved pathways with your elbows. And so 
this one, they get to be a leader, you know, it's, and it's, they get to just experience somebody else doing it. And then we'll flip it and they, the next person does it. Something else that I'll do, I'll tell the whole class, do something and I'll just highlight somebody and go, okay, everyone freeze. Okay, so-and-so, can you show us what you were just doing? Keep doing it. Now everyone do it. So these are kind of ways that I try to start to get them out of their shell as well. And it's usually pretty successful. Pretty it's sweet. so collaborative. Yeah. yeah the totally. whole thing is collaboration. The whole thing is like, you know, we often think of ensembles with dance, but then you all, I mean, I, I'm not a well, now I know I am a dancer. Like it takes everybody's part to, it takes the little movements with the big movements. If everybody had big movements, cool, that would be one piece, but the, don't underestimate the little movements too. And I love that connection to like, don't underestimate the little contribution that you're doing in a project or that you're doing with, by making a phone call to a client as part of the overall goal, because it's all contributing to the system flow. So yeah. I just, I love, I, and I love the idea of being able to get people in their groove and then highlighting like that pause of recognition and just, okay, Casey, all right, now everybody take, there's such a, cause I've done that with kids, similar things like in theater when all kids, and I don't think this goes away with age when all kids, I feel so emotional today. It's getting me very nostalgic. Um, <laughs> When all kids are like moving freely, when they're so used to being bound in school and sitting still, and then they're like, what? I can move and all of it's okay? Like nothing's off limits? Like, this is amazing. And then when you do that, okay, everybody follow what Julie's doing. Julie feels such a sense of leadership. Like it's like everybody's jumping up and down right now or everybody's doing the silly worm or it's such a, um, yeah. it's such a proud moment. And it's, and it's such a feeling of individualistic self-expression where you might've been doing something totally silly, even if it's just flailing your hair around, but now you have 20 other kids flailing their hair around. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, yeah. So you watch the, and you can see they're like, Oh yeah, do what I do. Do what I do. And then the other kids are like, that's really cool. I want to be even crazier because I want to be the next person too, you know? So it kind of like takes them it to build some momentum. It builds some momentum for them to be more risk takers because they like may feel like I have to kind of test my limits with a little shoulder roll or something. And then someone starts fl flailing their hair. Number one, they're like, wait a second. I didn't know that was even an option. Number two, maybe there is that inner like competition, which is healthy of like, I want to do something bigger or, or, or even just like building off the momentum of it. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's such a huge, um, we just, I don't feel like we learn. You're lucky if you have a teacher in traditional school that teaches you so early the power of collaboration. Yes. Oh, I know. Yeah. It is so needed uh, yeah it, it's it's because that it is a part of life I mean relationships are collaborations um everything it's just a part of life and so learning how to um you know just learning how to get along with others uh socialize with my really final um self-reflection that I give my students in my uh, technique dance classes, you know, what are things you, you know, watch the video, video yourself. What are things that you improved on? What are you, uh, what are you proud of? All these things, you know, questions. And then the last question is who in class inspires you and why? And then we talk about it and, um, and I tell them, you know, we tend to compare, especially as dancers, but I think, you know, universally, we tend to compare ourselves a lot. Oh, I wish I was as good as that person. That I'll never be as good as that person. Um, and I tell them I would, rather, I would rather turn it to inspiration. What is it about that person that draws my eye? I want to embody that in myself. And then the other cool thing is when I talk to the other students, you know, like 
your name came up as, as the one who inspired. And it's usually the students who are so hard on themselves, like, oh my God, you know. So um, yeah, I, I would say that's another type of collaboration, finding inspiration, allowing the people around you to inspire you. And to acknowledge who's inspiring you. I mean, because that, it just can, it can blow up across all fields. That's just where it's such a, it's such a beautiful way of changing, like to go off of what you were saying, like changing that feeling of like, oh, I wish I was more like Casey. She's like rocking blue hair and I never thought I could rock blue hair and, <laughs> and then switching that to like, why does it inspire Casey? Why does it inspire you? What yeah. is it about Casey calling her hair blue that's inspiring you? It's a total shift of energy. Yeah. Not yeah. Taking it out on me. It's like, yeah, she does inspire me to take more chances. She inspires me to like change things up. Oh, cool. And it's just a, such a different energy. Yes. It's like a thank you to you versus like, you know, a lot of times it's, it's all genders, but a lot of times it's women who are feeling really threatened with a woman who is in their power and in their space of like, yeah. I'm here, this is it. And if we share our inspiration versus our like, who does she think she is calling her hair blue? That's yeah. me just getting uncomfortable with something here. It's cool. nothing with you, you know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. so- and it's, it's reminding me too of, um, it may have been Julia Cameron in The Artist's Way. Did you ever read The Artist's Way? Long time ago. I feel like you would love that. Um, yeah, I should return to it. Yeah. Oh, you did, do, you did read it. Yeah, long, long, long time ago. Oh, I thought you said no. I thought you said no. Anyway, um, I th I'm, almost, I'm almost positive it was her, but she, she basically said, like, follow the envy. You know, be envious. There's nothing wrong with being envious. But follow the envy because it's a gift. Yeah. If you're envious that, just to keep writing this one home, like that Casey has blue hair, what are you envious about? I mean, I had that, I had that feeling. That's what got me back into writing. What do I need to do? Well, you need to write more. Okay. I mean, it was that point blank. If I saw other writers out there, I was getting envious about what do you need to do? You need to put yourself out there a little bit more. Okay. Yeah. It's like follow the envy and look at it as a gift. So then you end up thanking the person, which circles back to that inspiration. Yes. Yes. Love it. Totally. Well, we just solved all the world problems. I think we're, we're done actually. <laughs> like, especially in this day and age, it's a very unique time. Another thing I've been trying to, and I tell my students this all the time, but more than ever is uh, being a creative problem solver. Um, like dancing in these little squares and trying to take class in their little home spaces. And um, like we've, we've got to rise to this challenge and, um, and not just like, nope, this is not the way that I learned. This is not, I, I, I can't do it, forget it. Like this is life right now and life is going to throw challenges like this all the time. This is a pretty huge challenge, but, um, let's be creative problem solvers. So that's another aspect of, I think, being an artist. For sure. So what, so is there something you want to share of like something that either a student or you or Sean, Sean, I consider Sean an artist too, as an architect. Like, is there, is there anything that from in this circle that was a gem of problem solving in confined spaces and being creative that you're like, Oh, I want to share that. Oh, uh, well, I guess there's a couple of things. Um, I was able to take this opportunity to get the students to really self-reflect more um, because we didn't want to meet via Zoom twice a week when they had like five other classes that they were having to do that in. And so we would only meet once a week. And then the other time I would give them journal questions about what we're focusing on and, um, and their responses have been amazing and so it's made me think I need to continue this even when we're back in the studio together um, we need to 
do more self-reflection. So that's been my creative problem solving. Like, God, we can't meet twice a week. I, I really, we, I want to keep up your education. Um, this is something I feel like you've been needing to do anyway. So this is how we'll do it. So that's exciting. And then just something else. I, um, when I choreograph, I like to like combinations for the students to do. I like to take up space and travel, travel, travel. And I couldn't do that for this because I knew they were in dorm rooms and bedrooms and little living room spaces. And uh, so I kept my space very small and I had to challenge myself with creating a movement combination that didn't travel much. And I am super, I never do that. So I was really excited and it's something that I want to continue with in the future. Another thing, in talking about collaboration, well, we were, we bonded in our disappointment of not getting to go perform at a dance festival. Um, they worked so hard. Uh, fundraising, that was a major collaboration that they had to work on. And, um, and then it didn't happen. And so I tried to find other ways for us to get through this. And we choreographed a dance video a video dance and I had them all um, show me the movement and they had to wipe the screen and the next movement had to start with wiping the screen so it goes away and then oh, the next vision. oh I love it that is so <laughs> cool so yeah so that's you know I I feel like there's been a lot of creativity well even like with my modern class I would have them do the phrase and they were like in a diagonal and they were doing it what's called felt timing just on their own timing and I'd like the choreography that I've seen in the all the squares, you know, like I feel like there's so much that you can do. There's so well, you have such an optimistic viewpoint of that. I mean, I try. Maybe maybe <laughs> most creatives do. Maybe I just surround myself with creatives who are like that, who get like super jazzed up and excited of like the confines. Like, ooh, the structure is going to make it. My me have to be more creative, and so there's like an excitement of that yeah. um so it doesn't surprise me the wiping is so i can so visualize that that is so cool that is it's, so cool yeah it was pretty cool we were trying yeah. to think of how to go from one dancer to the next and um there's a, a kind of a trend right now where one dancer will end one way and then the next dancer will start that way and oh, so okay. yeah that's really cool have you ever done the mirror exercise yes I was gonna say that's a total theater movement well and that that could go with the shadowing like yeah. uh, one person's a leader and the other person follows yeah yeah and then switching too for any organizational leaders who are watching this and who just want to dabble in the so here's the thing the the opportunity that COVID is providing is that everybody had moments of being totally scared shitless having total fear so the things that scares you before are so minuscule compared to this. Yeah. So like leading something that you don't really know how to lead is so much milder now. So there, there's something to be thankful of with that. So if you're a leader who's like, yeah, I've heard about, you know, these movements or this, this improv stuff or dance stuff that is great for like collaboration with groups and before maybe it would have been like, I feel like a total idiot doing this. This is not my wheelhouse at all. Now it's kind of like, what do I have to lose? You know what I mean? Like, let's just do it. So if you're hearing this, doing the shadow exercise where you just pair people up and someone leads by doing the movements, someone's behind them, at just, just copying them, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then yeah. exercises where you're facing each other. So you could do both. You could start where you're not facing each other because eye contact can be somewhat uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Then you can, sh so it's like scaffolding. Then you can shift to mirroring mm -hmm. and just have that be the jumping off point for a conversation on collaboration or leading and following or how did you feel when you were leading versus how you were following. And it doesn't have to be a conversation it could be something where everybody writes down on post-its or writes down in a chat. And so they just share it that way. But just to get people all involved, like it's so 
it's just so huge. And I've, I've done more so the name game because you don't have to travel like in big groups. Like I, um, I was part of something where I, I, at the university where I was in a room with professors from all across campus. So you have physics and sociology and English and dance and, and we all had to kind of lead everyone through something. And I'm like, name game, you know, and they're like, Oh God, it's the dancer. What are we going to have to do? <laughs> but it's also, and another thing with the name game, is again, I tell each person, when we get to you, you have to remember the movement. You're the leader for the moment. So when we get to you, you know, we're, don't mind us, we're just staring at you so we can remember your movement and then we go on to the next person. Mm-hmm. And even taking it one step further, I've done the name game too where, say that there are 10 people in a circle, the first person who takes the risk is off the hook in a way because they say Casey and then the second person has to remember Casey's Uh and then the third person has to remember the first and you can help. So here's the other added piece to it too. You can help the person, but they need to ask for help. So the two parts are that helping us get used to asking for help and the person who wants to be the fixer, uh-huh. who's just helping, you gotta bite your tongue mm-hmm. because sometimes the person doesn't want help. They just might be thinking more and yeah. you're disempowering them by assuming they want help. Yeah. So, and, and sometimes depending on the kids, you can think of a silly word like banana. Yeah. Like if you need, it's like the safe word, <laughs> like banana or Hulk or whatever. And they have to say that word and then people can say, oh, this is what Casey did. And they get really excited because they remember it. Um, so it, it adds on those elements of contribution yeah. and listening and paying attention and respecting each other. Uh-huh. I'm like, I cannot wait until this is over because I, for many reasons, but I'm like, I'm coming to Austin. We're finally going to do this collaborative workshop together that's you know because I teach uh theater and dance in the community class that I've told you about and like everything we're talking about are things we've done in this class mm-hmm. and uh yeah I would love to have you come speak with my class too I would just I just feel like anything you said I would just say yes I, you could just say like do you want to come out I'd be like sure I'll figure it out in the plane like honestly because whenever you and I have these conversations, I get so jazzed up. I just get like my creative brain. is just like, Ving. I know um, this has been bringing back memories. I just remember it at Acme. Like I'd come in from a workshop or you'd come in from a workshop and we would just be like, Oh my God, this is it. And we always just like, you know, it's, it's totally bringing back me. I love these conversations. I do. I know. I totally do. And, and it is. And I know I want to tell, this is what I want to tell you too. Um, but yes, it totally is. It's, it's always such a joy talking to you. When you, so two thoughts came to mind that I'm just going to throw at you. You may have already thought about this. It may not be possible. It may make you think of something else. So your students who are confined, the first thing I thought of was them doing like a jail piece, choreographed jail piece right away. I was just thinking like the wall, like what they can do with like, if they're feeling confined, it makes me think of Chicago. I don't know if you saw Uh, the whole jailhouse scene where they're all doing, and maybe they can get inspired by that. Like they're, or maybe they all take on a personality. And so they have to dance from that personality. So like all the different emotions, maybe they do an embarrassed dance and someone in another box does a joy dance. Another one does an anger dance. And so that came to mind. Uh And then the second thing was, um, if they are okay with this, it would be anonymous or not, you'd figure that out. But if they're journaling self-reflection, that's what you were saying, right? Then you, you ask them to turn in and you anonymously hand it out and someone creates a choreographed piece from that other person's self-reflection. Ooh. Which is really just powerful. And that whole like human connection of, empathy and understanding and perspective like oh wow I never thought of it like that or oh my heart goes out for that person because I am feeling this way about that but that helped me like shift gear and then they 
create that dance piece for whatever inspires them from that I piece. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I, I feel like we've done something similar. It was more from the theater aspect um, where we did interviews and they flipped on who, like you read somebody else, you were the other person that was interviewed and you got to act it out. Oh, I love that they, because I've done that, but I, so they did it non-verbally? Oh, no, no, no. It was more theater. It was, it was a theater exercise. So, but, so to say, say it again, they interviewed each other and then they introduced themselves as the other person. So if I remember correctly, because this was last year, um, we, our theme, we, we've been having a class theme every year. This year it was climate change. Okay. And last year it was mass shootings. So it was pretty intense. And, um, so all the students went out and interviewed like a family member or a friend, like asked them like three questions, um, and recorded it. And then I think they brought it back. And they didn't. So, like, if I, if they they met up with a partner and they switched the interview. So, be like, if I interviewed Sean, and then I came back with you, and you were my partner, you would be Sean. Yes, I'm with you. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. So it was. Yeah. So it's. I'm getting a feeling of like Matthew Shepard. It's reminding me, I don't know why, but it's making me think of the Laramie Project, for, well, probably because you said mass shootings and uh -huh. mass shooting, but it reminds me of, of, of that for some reason, for whatever reason, but of the Laramie Project. Yeah, yeah, and I think that may have been, even been brought up. Yeah, I love, that's such a great, if you could jump off of that and, I just, it's just such a way of, you know, preaching to the choir with a creative right now, but it, it's the, it's the direct line of empathy. <laughs> it's just a direct line. There's yeah. no, the, you're feeling it and you're yeah. safe because you, you, there's no, the, the high risk is your ego. The low risk is that you're, you're safe. So if you're, there's no way to do it wrong, you yeah. know, and, um, it's you know, something, powerful. It's just so powerful. Another thing this just made me think of is um, gestures. You know, we all, I get teased a lot about how I gesture when I talk. <laughs> but I'm like, everyone does it. Like, if you want, if you look around and you really pay attention um, and you, you bring up a topic and you watch something that, like a question I had last year was, um, I guess, what are you excited about? And I had a student who go, who said something like, I'm this close to graduation, you know? And so that was our movement. And um, yeah, so watching the way people gesture, mm -hmm. in, like if you're interviewing somebody, and, and, and noticing those gestures and taking that in and, and you can create a little dance, a little gesture dance off of that. Yeah. Yeah. The nonverbals, like getting into the nonverbals there. Yeah. Trying it on. Just trying it on. Yeah. And like you said, I mean, the empathy thing, like this excitement, you know, and, and really are like, God, I'm so nervous, you know, and it's like everyone does that now you know and so this can be start creating a dance and so again that's why i say everyone's dancers i talk about when you're on the phone and you're like talking to somebody and you're like and then i was walking down the street and this guy just like jumped in front of me you know and <laughs> the person that you're talking on the phone with can't see anything that you're doing but you're still dancing you're still acting it out you know yeah. So, it's expressing. It's your body expressing. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if you could deliver, like, to to people in regards to the importance of movement, dropping back into your body, getting out of your head, is there one or two exercises, a warm up, or something that you feel like on days where their brain's fried from being on the computer all day working or juggling all the hats or feeling 
intense emotion, we'll say that. So like fear or anxiety or overwhelm or anger. What is one or two exercises where they can drop into their body? First of all, I would say get up, walk away. Um, I like to, you know how you just, if you're frustrated, uh, just shake. I would say shake. Something else I would say is tactile. This is, I mean, it is amazing the way it can just all the way, all the way to your feet um, and breath and, and moving with that breath. Because you're getting oxygen back through where maybe it's just been like stuck here the whole time. So I would just walk away, shake it out, pat it out and breathe. Oh, I, that's so, so simple. As long as people remind themselves to do it, yeah. it's four steps. It's pause yourself enough to push away and physically push. Like that's part of something I was listening about in body self-awareness is literally push yourself away from your desk, form your body that you're yeah. done. Don't just get up out of your chair, yeah. like physically push yourself away or put your computer top down, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Is that the formal term is there like a more formal <laughs> term I don't know anyway the point is you, you push yourself away you stand up you walk away and you then um, do the shake out so in, in improv it's called like shake down or crazy eights and so you can do a full body shake like Casey's saying you could also do like a countdown from eight on each limb like eight seven six five four three two one then your right leg then your left arm and your left leg and then seven six five four seven 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 six, five, four, and then just do one big shake. Whew. Uh -huh. And then the tap. You, tap. you can tap or you can brush. Or brush. Uh -huh. Or, oh, or if you have one of those like head things, you know, those, those are awesome. Yeah. You know, uh -huh. I just bought stress balls too. So even like doing like a few stress ball squeezes, but like the head, does everybody know what I'm talking about? Like those comb things that like yeah. You may fall asleep. I don't know. That, that's a little risky. That's a risky yeah. move. But, and then you breathe. So I, here's why I love that because so many times people are like, go to your breath first. Mm. And it's not that it doesn't work, but I, I, depending on how extreme your mood is, the last thing you want to hear is just breathe. So I love that that's the last thing in the list because at that point you're, you're, you're ready to breathe. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Cause I think it's important to be reminded that yes. you need to breathe. Um, but yeah, that's interesting because I, I took those movements from something called the brain dance, um, which is based off of the eight developmental patterns we go through at the beginning of our life. And so there's more, but, uh, some of my favorites are just the, the, the whole body movement and then the tactile and we always talk about starting off with breath because that's the first thing you'd write when you come out of that canal, <gasps> you take a deep breath. But I thought that's so we all are always told to breathe. So that's interesting because I just thought I'll come back to it because it's important to be reminded, but let's talk about some other things first. And I love your push yeah. movement. It's, I am walking away from the computer. Yeah. Right it's, it's telling your body. So one, one, one more thing. Can I keep you for like three more minutes just to add one more thing? I love it. So yeah. there in this, and, and if you have anything to share on this, I would love to hear it. But this is, so you're making me think too. I'm like getting flooded with all these ideas about movement that have come through from acting, training, but then also getting back into like embodied self-awareness. It's all about movement and stillness and paying attention to what's happening from the neck down. Mm -hmm. So there was something that was, um, it's so simple. So if you, the, the type of movement for what you need. So if you need to get freer, like if you need to uh, ex get into that brainstorming mode, then you do more of a free flowing dance, which is telling your mind, like, you're going to be open, you're going to be free, you're going to be expansive, you're going to be like, your brain's getting on fire to be able to think of like, for ideation or whatever it is. 
Yes. Or if you're going to a networking party, maybe you do like some sort of jazz number. So it gets your personality up. And it doesn't matter if you, I've never taken jazz, but just like what you think would be jazz, right? Um, watch the, the singing in the rain scene. Like it's just, oh my God, that scene where he's, it's, my kids love it. Like it's just so endearing. Um, if you're going to be presenting, do boxing direct deliberate motions or even shadow boxing or yeah. like some sort of like sharp clipped motion so that your mind and brain are in that space of like I want to be concise I want to be to the point mm -hmm. so if you want to mix it up I don't know it might be it's unscientifically proven that if you mix it up and you're going on a job interview you'll be able to be deliberate and a little like jazz hands like <laughs> Show your personality and be concise. Yeah. Or like hip hop, if you're going to net go network, um, just to kind of get into that space. I love it. Let your mind know it's okay. So yeah. it just made me think of that. Yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. My favorite is that is that um, just free flowing because it's it's improv, right? It's you're not you're thinking spontaneously. Uh, you're not preparing, you're not no, you're listening to your body. Yeah. You're really listening to your body. It's like when I, I told you that I took that class in New York for my 40th birthday committed. Yeah. In, so that was a game changer. Like that was, I, I had like this moment where I was like, wait a second, there was a life before knowing this like why is everybody keeping this an under lock and key like wow. is, he's he's just in he's he's brilliant in regards to his name's josh pice he's an actor and a uh he and he teaches these classes he probably does more than that but i don't want to diminish him but he's just very wise super humble um very open like he's just open his eyes are open his heart is open and a huge part of, a huge part, if not the part, is to get out of your mind and into your body. Mm -hmm. So we'd be in this space, it was an intensive for like two and a half days from nine to four. I stayed with Steph Jones. It was like around the corner. So she's on Prince Street and it was like around the corner or she's on, she's on Sixth Ave or whatever. It was like two feet away. I'm like, what are the chances? This is like serendipitous. This is so cool. And we would do, he would just play this random music and we would just have to dance how we felt. And so there would be super sensual music. There would be tribal music. There would be um, a little bit of like a rock, maybe jazz music. And you, there were no rules. You just had to move your body and you had to listen to your body. And it was the most liberating thing I have ever done in my life. And I took that back and I do it. Um, a lot of times for different reasons, but just recently I've been doing it for writing. Like sometimes I use my mental, like I got to get this out for writing, mm -hmm. but sometimes your mind's like blocking you from creating, whether it's writing or dance or whatever it is. And I've just been using that. Like you got to get out of your head. All right. What song, what song? And just go through and listen And whatever song hits me. I just dance to it in a completely uninhibited way. And it's, um, it's like magical. It's like dreamlike. You feel altered state of consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. That's so great. Cause like, you know, working with non-dancers, um, and if you, you know, you begin and talking them through it and in the beginning, they're too self-conscious. How do I look? Do I, is this the right decision? And, but you, you continue through it and it's like, I don't care anymore. And yeah, I love that. Cause then it can like take you into the, um, I, I just, I just love the idea of taking it, you into brainstorming and, and going from there. I think brainstorming is a wonderful thing. Yes, because the right. number one brainstorming is there's no bad ideas. Right. You know? Exactly. And that's the same with improv and yes. dance. There's no yeah. bad ideas. Yeah. Just hurt yourself. <laughs> Yes, don't hurt yourself. That's but. what I love about performing too. Once I just let muscle memory take over, um, I usually don't remember performing. <laughs> thank you so much for doing this. This was awesome. Yeah, thank you for having me. I loved it.